Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Wolverine.com podcast, our video podcast with Doug Skeen doing his Drew Carey impression today with the glasses. Looking good, my friend. I know how busy you are. So uh, I also know that your your internet is kind of dicey there, uh, wherever you are. So we're going to hope for the best here. But uh, first things first, man, one of your old teammates watches this religiously chris stapleton can you tell me and he's always critical uh you know of whatever it is of me not of you but can you tell me how you feel about punters in, in particular <laughs> chris stapleton's the greatest punter ever you suck it, 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 among kickers he's the greatest ever so yeah so i i know what you're trying to do here ballas you're trying to bait me into saying something negative about stapleton to support yeah. you it's not it's not going to happen so. <laughs> He's your former teammate. Teammates don't do that, right? No, we don't do that. No, no. All right. Well, I, and, and, and I would say 
we do criticize each other, but we don't typically do it publicly, Ballas. So I'm not part of it today. Classic. And Steen did not do that. That was our producer. So, uh, Stapes, we love you, man. Uh, Anyway, let's talk offensive line. Let's talk about a real position. It's funny, though, because even Stapleton's kids used to make him signs that said, punters are people, too, that he would hang up in his office. So I love that. So uh, if you guys don't remember, Stapleton was the starting punter on those elite teams in the early 90s. All right, Skeen, I've got a guy in that building that tells me that this year's offensive line, and he's been watching for several years, and this is a guy, he's an expert. You know who I'm talking about here. Uh, says that this line has a chance to be as good as your line of the early 90s and some of the late 90s lines, all those guys played in the pros. That's got to make you tingle a little bit, man, and make you pretty excited for the season. That's exciting to hear that, Ballas, because I absolutely trust your source on this. And if he's saying so, then I have I absolutely believe him. Now, that's all great news, right? And we talked about it leading into this season, and we'll talk about it as the season gets going and throughout the season. There's no shortage of experience and talent and and familiarity with what they're trying to do all the pieces are there they're they're uh they're upperclassmen they've been in the program for a while they've all of them played a lot of football and so there is no reason that this offensive line can't be a special one and if they're as good as the 92 line or the 97 line or any of the greatest then i can't wait to watch it because that'll be fun to see yeah, now the caveat there being that these five guys have not played together as much as you guys did back in the day, and you waited your turn, but when I hear about a guy like Olu Oluwatimi, uh, you've seen film on this kid. This kid's an absolute monster. Now, I can't really remember, I guess maybe David Boss back in 2004 or so, and uh, obviously Steve Everett, but a guy built like that, uh, how tough is it for a guy like that at that stature to play that position? Uh, you know, I would throw in Glasgow in there too, Ballas. Right who could run really, really well, uh, you know, a high draft pick guy. Um, it's something to see, and it's, it's hard for people to understand when, you know, if you could ever be around these dudes that are as big as they are, 6'4", 6'5", 300 pounds, but run like a deer and be able to pivot and move in space and, and do some of the wide offensive stuff that they try to ask these guys to do, it's impressive. Uh, I was never very good at it, but certainly had some teammates that were, and you know, oftentimes centers, if you take an offensive line, a lot of times typically centers are a little bit shorter and they're in the middle of the offensive line. But when your center is six foot five, he's got arms as long as your offensive tackle. Man, what an advantage because oftentimes, uh, especially in the college level, def interior defensive linemen can be a little bit shorter in the arm, a little bit shorter in height as well. Six two, six three, six four guys playing in the middle. But if your offensive center has that physical length advantage man that makes a big difference in pass protection and everything else in addition to all the run blocking stuff that they're going to do i'm excited to watch this guy play yeah me too and trente jones at right tackle the interesting part there carson barnhart right behind him in fact they consider themselves having six starters scheme and they think they go nine ten deep which is pretty exciting they haven't had that depth in a long long time how important is that it's critical, Ballas, because there's going to be injuries, there's going to be bang-ups, there's going to be a, just a need to have more than just five guys on the field. There's going to be times when Michigan's going to need to send somebody out there and someone's helmet gets fallen off or you lose a chin strap and you got to send it out a player, whatever it is. You, you need to know that your next two guys for sure, we always talk about you have a starting five, 
but you really need to have a top seven so that there's no drop off at all. And the next dude goes in there and you don't have to restrict your play calling. Your offensive playbook doesn't change one bit. The coaches don't have to worry about certain things and you just keep on rolling. So we've talked about it a long, long time at Michigan since, you know, since our lines in the nineties and, 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 and after the best offensive lines, you, you got to have more than five. And it appears that Michigan does. It's great news. Yeah, it really is. Let me ask you this, Gene. How has offensive line play changed, I guess, since you played? And and obviously offenses are different and things evolve, but what is it now compared to 30 years ago that makes it different up front? You know, that's a great question. And and, and as you asked me right there, the one thing I thought of, not as much as you might think. Mm-hmm. Offensive linemen to be really, really good at their craft together and individually, you got to have great footwork. You have to have disciplined feet, hands, eyes and an understanding of what's going on, not just in your position, what you have to do, but what the dudes next to you are doing, what they're trying to do, where the ball is going. So Michigan's offense that we saw last year will be very similar, I would expect this year. A lot of power, uh, gap, man blocking, combination blocks to the middle linebacker, back linebacker, whatever you want to call it, and then bringing somebody around a tight end or somebody else to fill a void on the front side, and then the zone blocking. So it's not as if offensive line play has been redefined. The greatness differences in offensive lines are how well they execute and how well they play together. Do they like each other? Do they stand out for one another? Do they have fun out there together? And if those magical components come together and you mix in with the amount of talent that this group has, there's no reason they can't be really, really good. But balance, the basics are still the same. you got to put your first foot in the right spot. You got to get that back foot down on the ground. You got to get that hand where it belongs and you knock people back and you have fun while you're doing it. Yeah. Expectations for Ryan Hayes. Here's a guy that really started as a tight end. And we know quite a few guys who, who played tight end in high school and excelled at Michigan. You look at John Jansen, who became an All-American, John Runyon, longtime pro. Those guys played there. Now he's added the weight. He moves extremely well. What's the next step for him in terms of his progression? Can he be an NFL guy? Because you know what? He was first, or I think second team All Big Ten last year. Might have been first team in one of them, but uh, there were a couple games where he looked a little overmatched. But now seems like he's added some weight, and uh, the kid really moves well at left tackle. Yeah, you know what? To answer your question, no doubt. I mean, this kid could absolutely play at a higher level in a Michigan uniform and play at the next level in the NFL because he's got the skeleton to do it. He's got the athleticism to do it. To answer your question, what does he need to do to take his game to the next level? is eliminate the bad sacks and the bad moments that he had in that Penn State game last year, as an example, where he just kind of got didn't take the best of pass sets, let a defender have his way instead of instead of him setting the setting the edge and being in the right spot at the right time in a one-on-one matchup, just cleaning up the little leaks. And if he wants to be a first-team All-Big Ten and maybe an All-American player, which I absolutely think he can be, then you just got to eliminate the bad press, right? You can't be the guy that's given up a a passing down third and long sack in a feature game. So that stuff needs to go away. And then you mix in some dominating stuff that we saw John Jansen do uh, when he was a senior and all the other great players at Michigan, just absolutely crushing people to make highlights of yourself. Then there's no doubt he can be an all American, but he's got to take that next step. Yep. And I think he's going to get there. He's got the footwork. He's got those long arms. And now it looks like he's uh, even heavier and, and adding some good weight. So let me ask you this, Gene, because there wasn't a huge difference in personnel. I guess there was some difference, but between 2020 and 2021, 
Where did you really see them clean up the offensive line the most? Because uh, clearly, all right, two things. The quarterback was different. Uh, the quarterback, I thought, put them in some bad positions at times uh, with his lack of awareness. At the same time, that offensive line was totally different. How do you get that line? How do you explain a 2022 performance and then 2021? Well, the one thing we talked about through the course of the season, Ballas, that I noticed is that they weren't asking dudes to do things that they weren't really good at or incapable of doing. Going back to the previous group, which had a bunch of NFL talent, you know, Big Mike and Wenu and others that were on those offensive lines, a lot of really good football players. But at times we noticed that they were being asked to, to block guys that had really bad angles and the, the, the whole offensive schematic design, I felt at times pelt put guys in a bad situation where their chances of success was lower. So Coach Moore comes in, takes over, and I think coordinating with the rest of the offensive staff, removing some of that play calling that I thought was stupid, you know, in previous seasons in some sort of situations, I didn't see any of that last year. And you're putting guys in, in position, positions to do what they do best, and then they get confidence and they get reps, and they're starting to have fun while they're doing it. And all of a sudden, you look, and they're pretty good at this, right? And then the little tiny nuances that we noticed last year, Ballas, I thought Coach Moore did a really nice job. You know, when you're going up to a second level to block a linebacker, you've really got to keep your hips and your shoulders somewhat square to the end zone. You can't get your shoulders turned to the sidelines because then you're never going to get a second-level block very well. You, know, or you can be easily defeated or made look bad. Those tiny little things seemed to go away last year. And so the comfort level continued to develop. The fun level for those guys out there continued to develop. As you see, what the you know, when it all came together at the end of the season there against Ohio State, that's what it's supposed to look like. When you smell and you taste blood in the water from a defensive line, that's when you absolutely go to crush people and you're walking around with a smile on your face, having fun while you're doing it. And that was, you know. That's the, I think that's the biggest thing that I saw last year, the pass protections, and then there's no doubt, no doubt that a quarterback who can also keep an offensive line from looking bad, and I keep saying this about McNamara, getting rid of the ball before bad things happen and just living to play another down and punting, that saves the morale of your offensive line a lot in addition to you know not bailing out of a pocket when you shouldn't and making an offensive tackle look bad and giving up a bad sack. A lot of people go, oh, the offensive line gave up a sack. No, the quarterback left the pocket when he shouldn't have. Us offensive linemen get really frustrated when we see that because it's unnecessary. But So good combination of offensive line play with a smart quarterback who can keep you looking good and keep an offense going forward. And the worst-case scenario is you punt. That could go a long way for an offensive All line. All right, so wait a minute. You're saying that Michigan did not win in spite of Cade McNamara last year, which is still a <laughs> pretty common theme on our message board, man. No, put, 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 it, put putting words in my mouth, Bowles. What I'm no. saying is because no, no. of that. Exactly. No, I'm just, I'm just saying that there's still that narrative out there that, okay, they won in spite of Cade McNamara. And I'm going back and watching film of all the times that he got rid of the ball when maybe a guy did miss a block. And, okay, instead of taking a sack, he throws the ball away, makes the smart play. You know, people call him check down Cade or whatever. He threw plenty of deep balls. He had some good games. But, I mean, smart quarterback play sometimes is not about padding the stats, right? It's about keeping the play alive or making the right play. Well, Ballas, let's go back a couple quarterbacks. Let's go back to Shea Patterson. We can go back and turn that film on where there was a nice pocket. Things seemed to be going well. 
And Patterson would bail out of the right or bail out of the left instead of stepping into the pocket to deliver a football. And all of a sudden, the defensive end, who was not going to get to that quarterback, suddenly just falls off a tackle's block, gets onto Patterson and drags him down for a sack, and he's celebrating and dancing while you can see the Michigan offensive tackle's shoulders go down and he's pissed off because on paper he just gave up a sack unnecessarily because the quarterback left the pocket when he didn't need to. It's not cool for offensive linemen to have to deal with that kind of thing, and you and I talk about it in our film breakdowns when we do that. I get frustrated for guys that have to go through that because you don't have to do that. Step up in the pocket and get rid of the football and don't make your offensive line look bad. McNamara does a nice job of that. Yeah, he's getting fired up, folks. Uh, it must be getting close to football season. He's Doug Skeen, <laughs> Michigan's former All-Big Ten offensive lineman, also played in the NFL with the New England Patriots and uh, his boat, NFL Settlement. He'll take you out for a ride if you ask nicely. So <laughs> he made his money the right way. Let's put it that way. So, hey, Skeen, I got to ask you about Eric All. I remember back in the days of Jeff Brown and Derek Walker and watching these guys on film and thinking these guys might as well be offensive linemen. Uh, they could catch the ball, don't get me wrong but dominant blockers. I look at Eric All and I put him in that category. And I don't say that lightly, as you know, that was our era when we were in school. We have five Big Ten championship rings between us, as I like to say, five and zero is still five. But Eric All as a lead blocker at times, and in that Ohio State game, again, I watched that game again, and uh, dominance. Uh, this kid could be elite in that area, could he not? Well, it certainly can. Again, when you have the physical tools that, that, that Eric All has, 6'5", 250, 260 pounds, and can run the way he does, made a dramatic improvement in this ball catching last year, making some big plays. Again, just like Hayes at left tackle, for All to take his game to the next level and become an elite tight end, if he just just really dials in that dominating run blocking stuff. And when he's comboing with an offensive tackle or coming around to fill a front side gap to take on a linebacker, using that body and putting his nose right where it belongs and just crushing people, that would be so cool to see. And he's good at it. I think he's got room to be great at it because of those physical tools and also Schoonmaker, right? He's, yep. he's right there with him. So we got a dual, dual situation. You mentioned two tight ends, Ballas. Two tight ends where both of your guys on the edge of your offensive tackles are as big as these dudes are, and they can come down and start a combo block and peel off and catch a ball for a first down. These are real weapons that Michigan has between those two, but all absolutely can be a super special player. And he, he already is very, very good, right? We're excited to watch him play this year, but just got to get better, Ballas. You got to get better. And he's yep. got room to do so, just like the rest of us and everything we do. And it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, it will. And uh, watching him put a hat on those guys against Ohio State was amazing. Had a great game. Uh, last couple of things uh, here, talking about your expectations for this season. You see one loss maybe going into Ohio State. I know you're drinking the blue Kool-Aid a little bit. But uh, every year is different, like you said. But I really everything we've heard about the culture is that still the same here. I think at Iowa is going to be tough. Uh, you never know about Michigan State at home. They always play them tough. So, and how, I mean, it's tough to go through a season undefeated. You guys were more talented than most of the teams you played at times, but you didn't win them all. What's the key? Well, you're still young guys, and we, and we tend to forget that, right? These are dudes in their early 20s, and um, you, start, you start drinking your own Kool-Aid, and you get in some trouble. And this is what concerns me going into Michigan season is they're, they're ranked really high, and everybody's telling them how great they're going to be. And they're coming off a Big Ten championship season where they had the kind of success that they wanted to have uh, by beating Ohio State. 
And so this is the danger of, of complacency and comfort. And uh, you gotta, you gotta get away from that as much as you can. It's where your head coach and coaching staff knows how to push buttons on you. But I do think that um, it's hard to imagine an undefeated team uh, considering some of the roadblocks we have. And, and you just mentioned them, right? I think at Iowa, um, oftentimes, if not all the time, a very, very difficult place for Michigan to go down there to have success. We can go back through the years and look at all of it. Uh, having played there myself, that is a difficult environment to operate in. Not impossible, but very difficult. Clearly, uh, Coach Tucker at Michigan State understands this rivalry game and has gotten his teams over the hump against us, and there will be no difference this year. They've got a really good quarterback coming back from Michigan State. That presents a real threat. And then Ohio State, uh, in case anybody hasn't noticed, is down there foaming at the mouth already, waiting for us to come to town. Uh, and they are, once again, loaded with superstar talent across the board. You know, will their defense be better? Will their defensive line be better? That's the question I ask uh, my friends that are Ohio State fans is, uh, can your defensive line do anything this year? Because if they can't, they're going to be in a similar situation than we look like we might be in, in that you got an outstanding offense that can light up a scoreboard, but can you stop anybody when you have to? These are some of the questions that will be answered far before those teams play. But, um, you know, it, as much as I'd like to say, yeah, look, give me a big tall glass of blue Kool-Aid. Where's my cup right here? I keep by my desk, right? Give me a filler up. Um, I'm just not going to do it, Ballas. I've been burned too many times with that uh, upset stomach from drinking too much blue Kool-Aid. So uh, I'll wait for my share this year. Right. And uh, I think that this is a this is going to be a really good Michigan team. They have all the talent to be right there. Um, but let's just see what happens before we start uh, ordering another ring size. Yeah, and no playing next to nobody in the non-conference season doesn't really prepare you for the Big Ten, does it? I mean, you guys well, it, do, it does, um, and 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 some of these teams will, you know, have their own little benefits of playing these guys. Obviously, it's still a football game; you get the reps and everything else. But there doesn't seem to be that feature game, that real true barometer test game that we all kind of look forward to as fans here in the early season for Michigan. So we're going to have to wait and uh, wait until we get into the late, the later part of the middle part of the season before we see some real tests. Obviously, at, at Iowa is the first one in my mind. So, But you got to go out and do what you're expected to do. If this offense is as good as we all think it's going to be, then light up the scoreboard. Let's see what that defense can do against these, these September opponents and absolutely crush people. And so by the end of September, we should be talking about a massive variation in points scored versus points allowed. And we should all be feeling good and seeing just how good is this Michigan team, just like we did last year. And then we'll see if they can pass the test. Last chance to say something about Chris Stapleton, the mullet, anything, anything, <laughs> anything at all. Help me out. Give me a bone here. Stapleton, hey, listen, Stapleton's going to text me as soon as he sees this. And he's going <laughs> to agree that he's the greatest punter ever. He's going to thank me for that. Yeah, he's going to that hair flowing out the back. probably have something colorful to say about you. What's yeah, that? I get it. I can't even imagine that hair flowing back out of his helmet as he's running a fake punt that got called back. In the oh, yeah, game. yeah. Well, my, hey, Ballas, mullets are back. I, I don't have as much to do right now with the mullet thing, but you got a full head of hair. I think you should go for the mullet. Might have to. We'll see what happens. But anyway, Skeen, great job. Thanks for your time, man. We will do it again. Next week we'll be previewing Michigan versus Colorado State. Can't wait to talk to you about that and break it down. All right. Go Blue. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. 
Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. 